everyone and welcome to the Information Entropy Podcast, where we try and take some science, squish it into an hour-long show, hopefully making it less confusing than it was at the beginning. In today's episode, we are continuing where we left off last week and discussing identity. I, rather than saying continuing, I mean restarting because we somewhat tangented. But what is it that makes us, us? Where does it come from and why? And maybe, as I say, we'll stay on topic. Feel free to follow us on any directory that you're listening to us on right now. We appreciate it absolutely massively. My name's Tom Jenks, and I'm joined, as per usual, by Mitchell Gatting. How are you, mate? I'm doing all right. How's it going? How are you? I'm doing good, mate. I'm doing good. Yeah. yeah that's good. Yeah, I'm glad. Not too shabby. It's a bit cold up here. Oh, it is... I would say... Freezing. Even down here, it is cold yeah um i think we, we're reaching minus six this week uh nice. with a, with a it feels like minus 10 you know just a cheeky uh, we cheeky this coat evening, on. uh minus four is oh, oh. It's not too far off scotland to be honest yeah. we are Need at the know. other end of the spectrum down here <laughs> it is yeah yeah Luckily, currently no, minus no two peach. feels like minus seven though uh yeah. Just horrendous. Anyway. Like, who's, whose idea was this? Well, I'm going to Scotland next week. And I'm thankfully. Not with these uh, weather up. warnings, you're not. It's warming up, mate. It's warming up. <laughs> uh fair. Well, good luck to you then. Good luck to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um cool. So yeah. Do you know uh, what one thing to to speak about? I started watching Heroes again. Oh no. Well, why is that an all no? Because it starts so strong and then after the first season dies like a wet fart. It, oh, see, I thought the first three seasons were just, all right. It's just... I, I And I think it's because I know what's coming that it ruins like anything after the first season. Maybe. Like knowing that Maybe. It's, it's got a... Like knowing that it's got a bad ending. Knowing they fully like... They, like Game of Thrones did essentially well, I know well, just, the, just forget Thrones, but it's like chapter four <laughs> uh season four sorry but yeah, yeah um yeah. so i for years have been trying to get my heroes fix again because i loved it could never find a reliable place to stream it um and it's on itvx of all places and oh. one of my friends has never seen it before and george has seen it but has forgotten most of it so we're going through a rewatch I'm living my best life again. And just thought for any other heroes, wannabes out there, uh, you can find it these days. It's a good time. Save the cheerleader, save the world, Tom. Exactly. Back to the days where they did 27 episodes in a season. <laughs> Wild times compared to, to the these days, 12, six. Oh, six. Well, normally 12 what I watch. Oh, well. well. What's the recent thing that just came out? Like Echo? Marvel, that's six episodes. Oh, yeah, but that's half season, though, isn't it? Oh, oh is those, it? Okay, so th- those those episodes are, like, they're longer. The Marvel stuff's longer. Only an hour. Yeah, that's long. That's, oh, that's a long yeah, episode. Fair. You know, I think, like, fair. a movie... Percy Jackson yeah, was eight like, episodes. Two hours is, t- is too long for a movie, but, like, a, a good hour 40, that's 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 a whole movie. Okay, well, that's fair. Here, you, June what, Part what, 2 is going to be it? nearly okay. three hours long. Yeah, I'm not going to the cinema to see that. Oh, I am. I, I, anything after I watched um, Public Enemy in the cinema. Yeah. Yeah. Never again. Never. I, I made. I made a like after I saw it. I was like, I'm never going to watch a movie in a cinema <laughs> that is longer than two and a half hours. I just. I'd rather be at home <laughs> watching yeah, it. Yeah, I, I get no what you cinema, mean. The, the cinema experience at that point is just like, right. I, I'm gonna have to get up to go for. A, to go to the toilet at some point because yeah. we've gone to the cinema we've got like the ice um what are they <laughs> the ice blast yeah the ice blast we've got we're sat there with the yeah. ice blast or we've gone to the everyman and got a um like a coffee so at some point i'm gonna have to get up so like three hours just ain't it and normally if you go if you, if you go to like a, like a regular cinema you're like the, the chairs aren't that comfy to sit there for three hours no, we've like got a, the... a Lux near us in Dundee. What's that? It's like a where they only have the comfy seats. Uh, do they have, uh, do they have sofas? 
Yeah, it, well, it's eighteen pound a ticket. It's ridiculous. Whoa, that's even more than um every man. Yeah, it's we 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 go we we have an every man that we go to, um, and to be honest, that one of the one of the screens comfy chairs, the other one that we recently went to, the sofas weren't that comfy. Oh, that's but a shame. Still, sofas just like, I just want to turn sideways. Like you know, we, we're we're a bit neurospicy, Tom and I. So yeah. that, like, that if, you know, if you're giving us how we to lie sit. down, we're gonna lie down. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we <laughs> back in the day. Grace and I went to see the um, the Shape of Water. Oh yeah, weird yeah. movie to go see at the cinema. Um, just the woman boning down on the fish man. Yeah, yeah. weird. Yeah. Uh, but we went to like the really expensive thing to do at like the View in in Bournemouth, uh, where they like instead of their sofas, but they're, like their the feet, their legs come up. Oh, like reclining, so like recli- re- yeah. reclining sofas. So we're there, just like sat with our coats over us, trying to keep warm. The people beside us brought a duvet and pillows. They, yeah, they obviously know what's up. They, uh, we were they sat there like, what was up? Uh, we we feel very inferior, and like we haven't put any thought into this. Like they, yeah. know, they know what's up. Fair. Weird movie. That was a weird yeah, movie. Odd movie. I'm thinking I would want to watch Dune Part Two in the cinema. And maybe it would be worth splashing out on comfy seats. Yeah. So for, for that me, to, to, get me to get me in the cinema, it has to be like something that I'm truly jazzed about. Like I went to see The Boy and the Heron because oh, I've been waiting yeah. like three, four years for that to come out. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, and with the the musicality and the visualness of it, oh, it was incredible. Like, I bet. So, I like, I, it was like one of the, the most recent movies that I've been like, do I need to go to again to see it in the cinema? Like, Ooh. it was so good. I was like tempted to go back and be like, I need a second watching just to enjoy the music a bit more. Um, yeah. That's great. But if anyone gets okay. the opportunity to go see it, it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, I really want to see it. I really do. Not my favorite Studio Ghibli movie, but sort of Ghibli. Ghibli? Ghibli? Depending if you're I've from, I've always done Ghibli, but I it's I Ghibli. wouldn't take that as a. No, I had a look, I had a look, and the proper pronunciation from the studio is um, Ghibli. Oh, Ghibli. okay, there we go. Yeah, I'm so I'm got, willing to change. I'm willing to be wrong. Uh, got into an online fight with someone, and they were like, "Here is a literal link to them pronouncing it." And I was like, "Yeah, can't can't fault that. Can't can't fault that." Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So, um, go see films if you want. If not, wait till they come out. As I'm sure they will. Now I've got some news. Enjoy them in your own home. And enjoy them in your own home. Um, We have the child screaming two two aisles over. That is true. But I would say the popcorn at home is not as good. That's just just not making it right. (laughs) No, that's fair. That's That's on you. Honestly, it probably the is. whole of like staying, like having, having a movie at home on your poor popcorn making. <laughs> Maybe I'll just go buy some popcorn at the cinema and then take it home. <laughs> um, right. News. James Webb yeah, Space on? Telescope making us rethink yeah. space once again. Now, no, for not all again. you beautiful ears listening to us at home or wherever <laughs> you happen to be listening to us, uh, this news came out over a week ago because we're recording like... I don't know, like people who actually schedule things in advance um, for once. So if you've heard of this, apologies. But I thought super interesting and hopefully we can bring it to some new ears. So a team of astronomers were using the James Webb Space Telescope to discover or look for the most distant black holes that they could find. And they found one which is definitely the oldest that we've discovered so far. It could be a massive step forward in understanding how supermassive black holes reached the masses equivalent to millions of billions of times of our sun. Um, And interestingly, in the very early epochs or time frames uh, of the universe. So the black hole in question dwells in an ancient galaxy called GN-Z11, which is 13.4 billion light years away. So... 13.4 13.4 billion years ago because uh light takes time to travel so if we intake a piece of light we actually see that thing that emitted that light 
um, or reflected that light as it was when it reflected it. So looking further away, you can look back in time in space. Um, so this black hole formed to this size 400 million years after the Big Bang. Now, current theories suggest that that's they can be there, but they won't be that big. However, this black hole is around 6 million times as massive as our sun. It seems to be feeding on matter from its surrounding galaxy five times more rapidly than we predict the limit to be by our most current theories. So we know our current theories are wrong by a magnitude of five. Uh, the size of, the early, of this early supermassive black hole um, formed less than one billion years after is a problem to formation theories because reaching a mass of millions or billions of times that of our sun should take billions of years of constant feeding, i.e. to taking up other stars. Now, uh, a John Regan, who's a, I think a research fellow, gave an analogy on the previous discoveries about galaxies that the James Webb Space Telescope discovered that I found quite funny uh, because as non-astronomers, I suppose, people may hear this and go, so what? But if you're an astronomer, it might be like seeing a family walking down the street and they have two six-foot teenagers with them. But they also have a six-foot-tall toddler with them. That's a bit of an odd issue. How did the toddler get so tall? And it's the same for these supermassive black holes in the universe. How did they get so big so quickly? We just have absolutely no idea. So it really means we're missing a wealth of information into the universe and its formation. So, yeah, James Webb Space Telescope at it again, knocking us back into place because we don't know anything, apparently. Mm -hmm. But that's good. More questions. Yeah. More questions. All right, then. With that, I guess we can get on with today's episode, which is identity. Now, I don't have any more fun facts again other than the fact that I didn't go through anything that I planned to last week. Yeah, um, I can't much. You can't be <laughs> monologuing. It was very interesting. No, you weren't monologuing. I think it was a very interesting conversation and one that I was happy to to, to dive away from what, what I had planned. Um, oh, my personas. Yeah. Personas. Yeah. Cyber psychology. Think of anything on, you know, identity, personality. Well, we kind of Eric, did. This is related. Eric, Eric Erickson. Ericsson and it's going. Yeah, we kind of went down a one-way street and failed to make it back onto the high <laughs> highway. Um, is uh, is what happened there, I think. But identity. Um, do we want to just kind of redefine it for people who maybe didn't listen last week? I mean, you sure. should go listen last week, but we can also redefine <laughs> it for you now. You should. Um, well, as we well. don't have to. So. Identity or personality? What's the difference? What is identity? So, uh, identity refers to our sense of who we are as individuals and as members of a social group. Our identities are not simply our own creation. Identities grow in response to both internal and external factors. To some extent, each of us chooses an identity, but identities are also formed by environmental forces outside of our control. It is dynamic, complex, and changes over time. You have a self-identity and a social identity. A self-identity refers to how we define ourselves. Self-identity forms the basis of our self-esteem. In adolescence, the way we see ourselves changes in response to peers, families, and school, among other social environments. Our self-identities shape our perceptions of belonging. Social identity is constructed by others and may differ from self-identity. Typically, people categorize individuals according to broad, socially defined labels. For example, if you have dark skin, you may be labeled black by us, either you may not have adopted that identity for yourself. The positive self-identity is correlated with positive self-esteem, and all identities are not equally valued by society, so some adolescents may especially need to have some reinforcement to help them construct a positive sense of self. Whereas personality is the way in which we portray or live in your identity. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I think what's so interesting about this topic is that depending through which lens you 
try and view it in, you will come up with very different definitions or things that you focus on and how it impacts different people. Last week we looked at cyber psychology and how anonymity can change, affect your personality and identity, right? Um, if you looked at it from a philosophical, metaphysical point of view, identity become this, becomes this really obscure thing where you're not sure if everyone's exactly the same or everyone's totally different. And I won't take us down that rabbit hole because it really is one. Um, but I think it's just, just a very cool topic uh, to be speaking about in that sense. Because everyone mm. kind of has their own sense of what it is, right? Um, it, as well as it having, let's say, a defined sense at the same time. Um, yeah, it's like we're, we're all wearing different t-shirts, but they're still t-shirts. Yeah, exactly. In in a sense. Yeah. <laughs> we'll boil um, it down to something so basic, <laughs> but that's what that, for me, that's what it no, comes down to. I think to. that's a pretty a pretty good analogy. And, you know, some people, they're wearing half a t-shirt and they have no personality. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, I know a few of these people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then you've dear. got some people whose uh, t-shirt is just a copy and paste of like a comedian's t-shirt. Yes. And they think that their person and their whole identity is actually the personality of someone else. And while you'd imagine most people's t-shirts are multicolored, different patterns, all these kinds of things. Some people take an object and just put that as a picture on their t-shirt. And that is their personality. Yeah, like my, my t-shirt has just got loads and loads of quotes from movies. And that's all I've got. <laughs> <laughs> when you say, hi, I'm Mitchell, all you're really saying is you're a don't. bottle of movie quotes. Let's not go down the, uh, that the I am, my name is. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I did explore was where identity comes from. This was something that interested me. How does it develop uh, as we yeah. grow up? Um, and of course... It's one of those, there are many different people who've researched it and hypothesized about it, but one of the most notable figures from the 20th century who Mitch has already alluded to is a German-American psychologist called Eric Erikson, um, who came out with many influential papers and books, including Identity and the Life Cycle in 1959. Yep. Identity um, theory as well. Yeah. Yes. So I'll, I'll try and give a very brief overview of the... Got some criticisms the, of him as well, you know. Uh, yes. Can't, you as, can't as let me get away scot-free. No, there are definitely <laughs> criticisms to be had here. Um, but it, I think it gives a good foundation of where the social studies and psychological studies of identity formed. And then we can go on to where they've, where they've gone on from, from there. So the, the Ericksonian way... Um, kind of has two main parts to it. I guess you have identity versus role confusion, which happens during adolescence. And mm -hmm. he proposed that during adolescence, individuals go through a stage called identity versus role confusion. And it's a crucial period for the development of a coherent sense of self. Adolescents explore different roles and aspects of their, their identity to establish a stable and unique sense of who they are. Now, according to Erickson, a successful resolution of an identity crisis, he was the one who coined this term, so they say, um, leads to the development of a clear and consistent identity. And I don't think there'll be a person alive, well, very few people who haven't at some point thought, who am I? What am I going to do with my life? I mean, that's part of your identity in a way. Um you know, I certainly remember feeling confused at times. I think it's fairly normal. Everyone goes through that. Is, uh, is that an identity yeah. crisis per se? I, I don't, wouldn't go that far, I maybe. I think a, cri a crisis is definitely, a, I don't know if I would call it an identity crisis, but you definitely no. have like a crisis of oneself. Yes. And for where sure. you are, that obviously your identity, you cannot. Uh, detract your identity from anything you do because anything any i would say anything or everything you think of do in, in in totality adds to your identity 
absolutely like for the, for the longest time and it royally does my head in i was the it tech guy uh yeah uh, the te- it technician in my family because i was an i worked as an it tech i have to say, tell people like for the past like my uni degree and for the past three years i haven't worked with computers I haven't yeah. been in a tech role. I haven't touched a computer. I haven't fixed a computer. I don't do anything to do with computers anymore. <laughs> don't ask me. Um, but yeah, so what happened for me personally, the, the crisis, it was when the adolescence, it was when I was 21, the crisis was, I was an IT technician. Uh, obviously, I wanted to do something a bit more. I wanted more. I didn't want to be in that role yeah. for forever because it kind of kind of sucked in terms of like career progression because the only place you can go was like head of the department um yeah so then then a crisis occurred and out of the back of that it was like okay let's go go to uni and yeah. I'll, I'll be, it, it was a bit bit later than everybody else but i took a lot it was only later because i took a long way around yeah i did, I did. it was the right time <laughs> for you gcse a levels b techs and then i thought you know what let's, let's get the trifecta let's get a degree I feel you, mate. I mean, my identity crisis certainly came around the end, well, crisis, let's say, that that moment of confusion certainly came around the end of first year, second year of sixth form, where I then had to go back <laughs> and do sixth form for a third year. So that's A-levels. Yeah. Um, so that's when normally in the UK, for our non-UK listeners, you finish school, high school at 16, then you do two years to get a, an additional qualification called an A-level and you can do that at college or uh, a place called Sixth Form. And then after that, you go to university. Um, so I think then I took a year out and then I had to do a foundation year to actually finally get on to a marine biology degree. So mm-hmm. I arrived to uni three, four years late. Yeah, hell yeah. And then... All up for a big advocate of going to uni late. Oh, honestly, Who I think it was one of the best things that I did. Who at the age of 18 knows what they want to go into career-wise and be like, you know what, I'm going to do sports management specialising in golf. And I'm not making that up. Somebody in my halls, that is what their degree was. That's wild to me. (laughs) Wild to me too when he said it. I had to be like, straight face, like, oh, that's very uh, very specialised. It was very specialised so early as well. I was like, so let me guess, you like golf and this enables you to play golf every day? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I'll, <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know, I guess. They say make your passions your job. And you'll never work no, again. No, they, say, they say, they don't, <laughs> don't say that. They say, do not make your passion your job. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> that is, I think when you're growing up though, that is certainly these days, one of the like defining moments where there's, there's always seems to be this pressure of what you want to be when you're older, what you want to do, what subjects you have to take, all of these things. I, I guess I'm very lucky in the sense I've always known marine biology dolphins get me to do I'm that just and i'm also very, very lucky, lucky that that's happened but in the sense that i'm just very clever so i could have done whatever one. <laughs> yeah i believe it mate i believe no, it not not true i found out i was just good with computers and then the ball rolled from there that's fair that's fair and then the neurospice that exists in my brain is just like you like working to frameworks here's mm computers and frameworks you'll like this one thing then... that runs off logic and a set of instructions <laughs> that you have to meet yeah criteria yeah 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 <laughs> i mean um, yeah it matches up very nicely yeah people were like when they found out they're like oh so it's just like board game rules but for cybersecurity." and i was like that is exactly what it is yep you want to see me be a, a, a rules lawyer? With I was like going to say, yeah. I can do it in cybersecurity as well. Oh, so I see where it comes from now. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, so back to Ericsson <laughs> then. Um, he claimed that an unsuccessful resolution of this, let's say, confusion rather than a crisis, um, can result... Sorry, this unsuccessful resolution of these moments can result in a role confusion where individuals struggle to establish a sense of self. And while Erickson's theories are influential, contemporary psychology recognizes that identity information is a lot more complex and ongoing than he put out there and extends way beyond adolescence. So in his mind, it was kind of adolescence is where you form your identity, the end. Um, 
And we just know mm. that's not true now, I think. Well, at least that's where he put yeah. most of it, right? Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. I, so, I can see what he's trying to get at. And it's a, it's, it's a shame that it was just like... Um, he was very like, everything is sequential. So this happens, then this happens, then this happens, then this happens. Whereas yeah, that's not... It no. doesn't play out as he just described it in that range. The other issue is the age ranges that he specifically put for just like i don't know where he got the information from that and a lot of people are just like it's, it, it's wholly inaccurate to put the really specific age ranges that he put on it yeah um, and another thing is like it he defined that it just happens in adolescence whereas yes. even like for us even even for us two people the two, uh, it's a rubbish sample size n equals two but both of ours i wouldn't say is in adolescence because adolescence, I, I'm defining up to like 17, 17, 18. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like, um, I've, no, I've, I've definitely changed even in the last year and a half, year, dramatically, you know. Unfortunately, I think I've been the same person for six years, you know. Oh, that's, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just found, found my groove and what people could call it a rut, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a groove, mate. It's a groove. Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah, I've got my feel groove like on. I'm there in a groove now. Um but it took moving countries and all of that kind of thing to, to, oh, to yeah, find yeah. that right. So um You were very fluid for a long time, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I would say that Being is about that marine biology, mate. You know what I'm just talking about water, mate. You know, yeah, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> don't let the water condensation. <laughs> oh dear. Um Yeah. That's fun. Um so yeah, any any anything else that Ericsson got? I was wrong? Only talk, only talk about the, the identity theory a bit a bit more in detail. Yes. So then like the he, he Eric the the fine stages of identity making. I just want to see what you think of the stages. Okay. Um, so there's four there's four stages of identity. So it's all four stages. Uh, first is the identity foreclosure, and that is committing to an identity without exploration, often resulting in a rigid, unexplored self of sense. Okay. And you've then got identity diffusion, which is neither exploring nor committing to an identity, which often leads to existential crises and mental health issues. I can see why it would. Yep. Uh, yeah. moratorium which is actively exploring identities while in crisis leading to eventual <laughs> identity achievements yeah you go, you go you go through these and then identity achievement which is achieving a strong coherent self of identity which i'm not saying it's wrong but if i like go back to the progress of you know maturing I don't think identity making this, but for, for especially maturing and finding oneself, I, I get it. I get where he's, yeah. where he's gone and can follow and track it for myself. Yeah, I get it. Uh, so, so those are the stages that you everyone yeah. goes through. Yeah, that's oh, I see. But yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. I, I think you're right. I, I can see where he like he was heading and perhaps how he arrived at those, those different things. I think... essentially you're you're starting off with like i'm gonna be an emo don't know why but my friends are so we're going into the emo kid yeah we haven't explored it um and it's often it's resulted in like rigidity in like this is what it is you know wearing this back in the day scene kid wearing like the scarf doing the hair listening to the music yeah then you've got the diffusion which is like you're not committing to anything else you're not exploring it but you're kind of like well why am i here kind of situation these two it's existential crises that kind of thing mm. um then you've got more moratorium which is like exploring the identities while in your crisis so you're there you're having the crisis and you're like is this for me is this who i am that kind of stuff and then uh, okay out of the back of that you've then got identity achievement which is a strong coherent sense of self identity you're like yes this is who i am why i am because of xyz that makes a lot of more sense now you put it into context like that. And I think that yeah, could then you like, be... you just listening to Blink-182 and uh, yeah. just wearing all black. But I can, what I can also imagine is that you go 
it's not a sequential like you start in this one and end in that one i'm sure you could even it's a bit more fluid back and forth right even if you started in the the first one and then yeah, you had so, a, yeah. a crisis and so started that, exploring you, you could then the, solidify um, and then you could start exploring again you know yeah, so that's why part of the criticism of the theory is that the stages may not be sequential. Like, you may yeah. just, you know, skip one, just go straight to mental health issues, which is number two. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel um, that. He did identify, like, in when we talk about the crises, there's two different types of identity crisis. Okay. There's uh, identity deficit, which is struggling to establish personal goals and values, um, which... Yeah, it would be. I don't know what the personal goals means, but definitely values. I think is is. Is it like a? This is cause... where I want to be in life. This is what I want to do. How much money I yeah, want to make. Yeah, that, that kind of stuff. Or... Um, for me, my personal goals don't align to my. I would say they don't align to my identity. Like I'm not going to have an identity crisis because, you know, I'm struggling to run five k. No, but you might do in other senses of like I don't know what I want to do in life whether that's career or hobbies or, or things like that you might start having a, a that might become like a, a worry a source of anxiety right that is reflective upon your identity because you don't have something solidified yeah i i think my strange one like personal goals is not something that i i don't i don't like the idea of having personal goals like i like if, especially like for work life having goals yeah your career based yeah. that's goals, but like personal goals seems I get what you mean. I, I, I guess mm. it doesn't have to be goals, but like, um, I don't know. I want to play board games more with people. I'm not doing that. It's really annoying me. I want to explore the world more. I'm not doing that. You know, yeah, that kind that's of stuff. Not, that's not going to cause you like an identity deficit to be like, is this who I am? Who am I? Who am I? Um, because, <laughs> had to do it in one. Had to do it yeah. in one. Lame is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> because i can't like i've though. made the the goal of yeah I'm, okay i'm not gonna say it. it's not gonna cause mental health issues yeah but it's not gonna call, cause me to have an existential crisis if i've been like i would like to talk to my friends more and play more video uh, more play more board games yeah i know i've been very specific about this but the, from the values front i can definitely see if you're having doubts about your values as an individual like yes 100 religious base that kind of aspect yeah or even not, right? Um, Depending on your your social um, situation and uh, people you have yeah, to lean like on, yeah, like you could you could just you know? like normalize something in a friendship group and then been like, oh, actually, those values like going out drinking or like that kind of stuff, then that doesn't align to what I want. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, the other one is uh, identity conflict. That's having multiple commitments and needing to direct needing to reject some in favor of others mm. so that's when you've got you two say you got two friendship groups and you've got different identities in both you know and conflicts conflicts of interest and time yeah i think you know, you know what well, i think during right? school I, I i suffered from that a little bit yeah i think i try to split myself into too many groups that I was kind of just like this like chameleon yeah. never in one too much that's Less fair. than being bullied, though. So you know, if you if you're a child and you're listening, like that's how you how you dodge the bullet. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it helps. It helps. It helps. Yeah. Yep. Being a guy with just being in school as a guy is brutal. But thinking back about it and being like, you'd be normalizing it, but looking like, oh yeah, you know, learning to not speak to certain people in certain ways to avoid eye contact with certain people to avoid physical violence like on a day-to-day yeah. -day thing and that being so normalized it was it so taxing. ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah, I, yeah i was not a good chameleon i was just that <laughs> weird kid who maybe had one or two friends until he was 16 right um not a great experience, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, completely, and that really impacts identity. I think for a long time, right? Um, how good yeah, you are you socially, can't be, you can't be yourself, and things like that, right? Yeah, I think like it, 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 the thing about the amount of people that were bullied 
and I'm pretty good with names and memories and things. So like I got quite, quite like no remember things. And it's just like, yeah, it just, it's so sad that those people were bullied for trying to try to be themselves. Yeah, no, hundred percent. When it, when, you, when you boil it down to it, boil itself down to its like quintessential point, it's just like they were trying to identify just with themselves and be themselves, and because they didn't fit into a group or the group, yeah. they got like physical violence against them. It's wild, isn't it? And yeah, it's uh, I don't know why, but whenever I think of scenarios like this, I always think of a, a quote from Modern Family, which has no right being in that show, um, but Manny. If you, have you ever watched Modern Family? Yeah, yeah. Didn't so go with Manny it. is one of the, 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 the kids and he is quite unique for a child, well beyond his yeah. years, um, and was getting bullied. And then one of his, I think, uncles, relatives somehow, was like, you know, when you're at school, everyone's trying to be the same. But then when you grow up, everyone's trying to be different. So people get bullied for not being the same, right? And then five ten years later everyone's wishing that then they're not the same yeah it's a weird vicious cycle um was i the same as everybody yeah. else i don't know maybe maybe a little bit Played video games that was it that was it for me yeah that's all i needed yeah all I needed. So, well you playing video <laughs> games on your wii yeah uh, <laughs> that's me <laughs> just a wee kid yeah cool um I've got some more current theories about where identity comes from. Okay. Um, so there's there's a few here that I've picked out. One is called social identity theory, and this comes from Henry Tajfel. Sorry if yes. I'm pronouncing that horribly. Um, and this suggests that individuals categorize themselves and others into social groups, such as ethnicity, nationality, gender. Um, this categorization influences our social identity, contributing to a sense of belonging and self-esteem. Group membership often affects how individuals will perceive themselves and others. So as we were just saying there, do we fit in or not? Especially at school, you're often, if you're in certain classes or form groups, you don't get to choose who you're around. You're just around people, right? Um, So this kind of group membership feeling can shape your identity. And the theory highlights the social nature of identity formation and the impacts of group dynamics on oneself. Um, and I think this relates to personas, which we were speaking a bit about last week as well, and how people will tend to be different around different people, uh, yeah. sometimes at an extreme level, sometimes not. Um, but that's all about trying to fit in and find out who they are, right? Um, you know what we didn't talk about last week? And we never will talk about personas. No. And then we're just gonna, I'm just going to oh, say that wow. one word, and then we're never going to go back to it. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, And I think maybe having personas, for me, has definitely gotten less and less as I've gotten older, but maybe that's because I care less now about what certain people think. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I definitely probably have personas around different people. Just everyone does. Um, Um, But I'd say they're definitely less extreme than they used to be. I I do. And I I know exactly the groups that they're different around. Yeah, like everyone, everyone's got them. I, I, I oh yeah, it's I like a... will die on this hill that of the um people have people, especially older people have personas at work. Oh, hundred percent. Like I try and be as much as myself at work as I am like day to day because yes. otherwise it gets absolutely tiring for someone like who's you know not socially, <laughs> yeah. not amazing at being social, but like it it becomes extra hard. But like I was in a, a, a situation or a position where someone used to work with was an absolute asshole, absolute asshole to the point where I don't know how they weren't fired for for some of the stuff they did, like standing up in a meeting and like standing over someone and shouting at them in a meeting where it's just like we're not children this isn't like school you can't do that yeah um, but then someone else being like oh yeah but they're they're a really nice person out of work like. No, you can't. Your identity is is solidified. If you're an asshole yeah. in work, you're an asshole out of work. You can't oh, be like it's split. I think there's, like, in, especially maybe above millennials or the earliest millennials, probably have this sense of uh, when I go to work, that I am in work mode, right? Whereas I think millennials and younger are like a ah, uh, I'm still me, so I'm just gonna go to work and be me. I'm gonna do my job. But I'm not going yes. to put on like a work 
persona. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that being the case. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, that, that, whenever I hear that, it just boils my blood. Oh yeah, stand up guy. It's like, why is he not? Answered any of stand up guy all the time then. Yeah. And they've just been like, yeah, like if if you're only a stand up guy when it's like easy, you're not a stand up guy. No. What's the, what's the quote? You know, you got to be only. Works. It's when you're like a good person when you've been tested. Otherwise, yeah, it's, it's like easy to be a good person when it's easy. It's difficult to be an easy person when it's hard. Good person when it's hard. Yeah. You're right. You're, you're right. right. You're right. Um, one of the next theories is called attachment theory. This comes from John Bowlby. Uh, this focuses on early experiences with caregivers and their influence on different attachment styles. So you have stuff like secure attachment, which is characterized by a consistent and responsive caregiving environment, and it contributes to a positive self-concept and secure identity. You have insecure attachment resulting from an inconsistent caregiving style and can lead to challenges in identity development. This 100% makes sense. Um, if you're a child coming up in like a safe environment, safe to explore who you want to be, who you are, you're going to be more comfortable and have more of a secure feeling in that, right? Um, so that emphasizes the significance of early relationships on identity formation. Um, then you have the identity status model, which comes from James Marcia or Marcia, depending where he's from. Uh, identity status model expands on Ericsson's works, categorizing individuals into their full identity statuses. Um, and it goes through diffusion moratorium uh, again, and just provides a different framework for understanding the different pathways to identity development, acknowledging this time, however, the dynamic nature of exploration and commitment rather than that linear nature that Ericsson suggested. And the last one I've got is cultural and social influences on uh, identity formation, which and this suggests that cultural and societal factors significantly in influence identity formation. Your cultural background shapes your values, your beliefs, and norms that guide individuals in defining their identities. Odds are if you're from, I don't know, Devon, sent to a C of E school, probably had some impact on your identity <laughs> formation and what you think is Just good ethically or not, right? Uh, whether you are a uh, religious person or not. So, all of my time, keep it burning. <laughs> exactly. You'll have a deep affinity for choral singing or a deep hatred yeah, of it. Like, yeah, I just, uh, you, you, you just... I was about to say beating into you. There was no beating at Chudley Community C of Reed Primary School. Um, <laughs> that you saw <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was the good no, i was not the goody teachers um yeah no it's just the, the college knowing choruses and coursing yeah and like all that like that's he's got the whole world in his hands it's just such a does. catchy number it's just a catchy yep. number that'll get you through sixth form um, you've got societal expectations and opportunities which provide context for identity exploration and commitment I guess if you're meeting lots of different people or let's say the opposite, if you're in a bit of like, I don't know, a cult-like situation, you're only seeing elders present a certain personality. You kind of just think, oh, that is, that's what identity looks like. That's what it is to be old. Whereas if you're in like a very, maybe diverse city or something, meeting lots of people, um, maybe you get a different sense of what identity can be. Uh, different cultural contexts may prioritize specific aspects of identity, such as individualism or collectivism, and recognizing the interplay between individual experiences and the broader cultural and social influences uh, uh, should be essential for understanding the diversity of identity and also your uh, identity uh, within all of that. So, yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot of different theories mm. and i'm sure you know not one of these is a, is a magic silver bullet and it's probably a combination of all of them right i think it's such a complex thing um, yes it's almost um, like one, one that I, I i cropped up that i was like if just you use a fancy word and it sounds interesting is a uh, quantum self theory oh okay uh relatively new speculative less mainstream uh, it draws 
on the metaphorical parallels from quantum physics to describe human identity and consciousness. It's more of a philosophical and abstract in nature. It's important to uh, to know. <laughs> it does not imply that quantum physics directly explains consciousness or identity. Instead, it uses concepts from quantum physics as analogies to offer a different perspective on understanding the self. Okay. Such as non-linearity. So traditional views of identity often see it as a linear progression, as we said with Eric Erickson's, whereas in contrast, quantum cell theory suggests that identity development is non-linear, meaning it doesn't follow a straightforward, predictable path. Just as particles in quantum physics can be can behave unpredictably, human identity can evolve in unexpected ways and influenced by a myriad of internal and external factors. That's the one aspect. Another aspect is uh, potentiality and superpositions. So in quantum physics, particles exist in states of potentiality, superpositions, until they are observed or measured. Similarly, quantum self-theory posits that aspects of our identity exist in a state of potential until they are observed or expressed in some context. This means that an individual's identity has many potential forms that can be realized in different situations. That makes sense. Yep. You've then got entanglement, which is a big one. Uh, and quantum entanglement refers to the phenomenon where particles become linked, interlinked, and the state of one instantaneously influences the state of another, regardless of distance. In quantum self-theory, this concept is used to describe the deep and sometimes inexplicable connections that people can have with each other. Our identities might be thought of as being entangled with the identities of those around us, influencing and being influenced by each other in complex ways that we don't really understand yet. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. These, this is like, it's more of like a philosophical, like drawing parallels yeah. than actually exp explaining I mean, anything. No. Um, what I imagine in my head when you say that is that there's a program called Obsidian, and I'm sure there are different programs that do, do similar things. But basically, you, you create a node and you write some things in it, and then you can link it to another page, and then mm, you can link all these pages together and interlinked. And then you can go back to a separate view where all of these nodes these points which are separate pages are showing their links to all the other ones um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I i do imagine identity is something like that right you're, you're taking from other people you're not actually taking something from yes. them but do you like yeah you know, okay. it's a give take you know maybe someone introduces you to something you're like oh that'll be my identity now um yeah or a part oh, of it was, like, right? was it you that i was talking to and i was talking about like not identity but it was to do with one soul uh, and I had the idea of like, it was just, it was just cogitating, you know, verbal spewing about how your soul is not your own and your soul is essentially what other people think of you. It is mm. egotistical and incorrect for you to, to state or posit what your soul is or to weigh your own soul. It, is, it can only be weighed on, it's very, very like Egyptian, uh, not Egyptian, ancient Egyptian. Yeah where your you know your heart's weighed against the feather but it shouldn't be you know you weighing yourself it's what do others think of you and how would they that's true you know, describe but I, you. I guess that, that makes that, up yeah your soul that makes i guess the soul in the traditional sense is the uh i guess your true identity right who you are stripped to the bones your your core self um and I, I prefer the ghost in the machine. I like the idea of that I'm just a flashback and that there's a, a higher being, <laughs> like an alien you. or something, farther away in a different dimension, controlling me by a magical piece of wire. Yeah. And that is you, but you don't realize it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah full Matrix style. Okay. Yeah. Well, like that episode in Rick and Morty where he goes into a video game and starts living yes. a life. And then, yeah. like, gets killed and comes back yeah. out he's like oh i had a family <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's like if you read the uh the 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 account of the guy that was in a coma for i've not no yeah or uh, you I remember I you have said about this before so yeah please he, he lived the whole life and had to go to therapy post uh post coma for trauma of the loss of his family that never existed but he explains how lived this whole life got married had kids and then one day was sat on his sofa then noticed that the the lamp on the table beside his sofa looked a bit weird 
And the more he looked at the lamp, the more he realized something was wrong. And then he woke up from the coma because he realized that his reality was wrong. And then he had to have he had to have therapy for the loss of his kids, but also then the reality crisis they had of like he was like always looking out for things that were making to to ensure that his reality was right. He was constantly searching for Petri is the word I was looking for um, for like reality defining or bending things to ensure that he was you know woken up. I mean that would just fuck you up forever. I don't think if that happened to me. <laughs> I don't think I could ever escape that feeling that I am in the right world. Yeah. I guess you Can just kind it. of have to be like, well, I can't control it anyway, so... But that, that would weigh heavy on the heart. I think. That's wild. Uh, yeah. By uh, Risley Bear. That's the, the person, if you want to go read, go read about it. Risley Bear? Yeah, it's the user that <coughs> posted oh, it. Oh, right. Is it a Reddit post? Yes, it is. Grizzly Bear Coma Story. Yep. I don't think I'm uh, typing this oh. in right. But uh, oh, that's oh, fine. Oh, I'll, send, uh, I'll send it here. Like, so generally, like, you know. Do, 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 do. I think it's there. Post has been removed. That's sad. But hey, yes, Reddit. Also, a weird uh, something you could do a psychological experiment on. I'm sure for identity. Um, some communities so so nice. Some communities yeah. so so not. Uh, <laughs> so we've got about just under I don't know around eight minutes left of the show. Is there anything you would like to? Cover. Ooh, ooh. Um, music. Oh, nice. Always, always enjoy talking about music. But music identity. There is, in fact, a magical age in which we develop our tastes in music. Just as every human has a critical age for language development, we also have a critical age for our music tastes to also develop. Starting around the age of 14 and peaking at the age of 24, according to Daniel J. Leverton, a professor of psychology and the director of the Laboratory of Music Perception, Cognition and Expertise at the McGill University. Uh, this is considered a critical age because at the age of 14, many of us experience uh, pubertal growth hormones and having identity crises. Uh, thus, everything becomes more important as we reach a point of cognitive development where we establish our tastes. At the age of 24, we as individuals have reached the peak of musical acquisition uh that, that is quoting from from them uh they are most open-minded and accepting at this age what with meeting many different people with different backgrounds that can be heard so the music heard at this age tends to be the type of music that will stick with the individual forever now for me not the case like what i was listening to at the age of 24 which was six years ago now albeit there's a, there's, a, there's a lot that stayed but I, <laughs> um, jazz, quartets, yeah, quintets, three. That's that's become a big, big, like go go penguin, talisk, less jazz, more folky. Like that's been that's been a new one. Um, but for me, that stayed. explains a lot. I have to say, when I was twenty four, liquid drum and bass, jungle. <laughs> You know, yeah, that was the go-to, and I still was, listen yeah. to that. And then when I was fourteen, you know, simple plan, simple uh, plan. euphoric EDM, <laughs> um, seven lines think... springs to mind. Right, it explains why one minute I'll be like... listening to I don't know Chase and Status, and the next I'll be back to <laughs> as I say I don't know Yellow Card. Uh, wild yeah it is wild i think like looking, looking back on like the first albums that i got gorillas was oh, yeah. one of the first ones um r kelly that was <laughs> well i don't know why but that was one of like i'm trying to think of the other other, other I had red of cheap peppers i think was one i had a tape of uh blood sex sugar magic nice this is what like an like an early uh but then, like, electronic music. Like DJ, DJ Sammy. 
at the end of every week. Wow. Each one of us becomes a freak. Yeah. And the end of every week. That, like, that, that's what kicked off. But then I think a lot of mine was influenced by my sister who got into like Avenging Against the Machine. Rage, sorry. Avenging Sevenfold, Rage Against the Machine. Uh, I was wondering whether you'd, you'd, mitch the, you'd, you'd match those together or whether that was my Yeah, head. I have. Uh, yeah. Rage Against the Sevenfold. Yeah, uh, as they, as they say, uh, so that's why I think a lot of that comes from. But then, like our, our music group, we had the friendship group that was like fourteen and an older. One side that was heavy metal, yeah, was one of our friends. Um, then there was like Blink One Eight Two, which isn't heavy metal, but more emo esque. But then yeah. they had the other side that was like pendulum self-focus <laughs> so there was like a full spectrum in one group that was all the way from it like was quite electronic yeah all the way to like, like um metal which i think it's quite funny um yeah i do think it's still developing like the last couple of years you know i've really got into like <laughs> modern psychedelic rock so like 70s stuff but you know that's made now uh joe yes. for example yeah joe's um, good um Cobra Man, a lot that of, kind of stuff. Uh, j-pop j-rock k-rock and that's only been recently because like it's become popular enough to come over from asia gotta get your cross like um atarashi gako tokyo calling is a bop do i understand the lyrics no do i care no (laughs) Uh, at the moment though a lot of the smiths oh yeah that's 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 fair just uh people in the household that i currently live in they're not a fan of the smiths so when i start singing charming man at eight o'clock in the morning like it's it's a it's a it's a banger it's a bop like punctured bicycles on a hillside desolate it's just like as an open like it's just wordsmith it is is absolutely (laughs) Um, uh to die by your side also what a (laughs) heavenly way to die and if a 10 ton truck kills the both of us, <laughs> just what more could you want? What more could you want? I mean, I'm, I'm presuming you're calling out a very specific person when you say people in my household. This is as far as I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> there's, only one other, there's only what one other mean? person in your household there. Uh, no, there's, there's, it's, it's, uh, yeah, Grace is not a fan of the Smiths. Um, but also, uh, you have some friends online that I listen to it and I'll quote it and they're like, oh my God. Uh, I, can't st- I, can't, I cannot stand it um just i was looking for a job then i found a job like well this this hasn't this song hasn't aged well because that's not how it works anymore <laughs> <laughs> unless it's satirical <laughs> yeah, maybe because to be maybe, fair maybe, even maybe back then that didn't work that well then either yeah, yeah. especially are they mancunian no oh actually i don't think they are Mancunian. Yes, they are. Mancunian. It was Morrissey. Yes, it's Morrissey. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, the focus is Morrissey. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think actually <sighs> they didn't have back a good time. in the time, the, the, that didn't work yeah. then either. Uh, uh, not that it was dome, going on anywhere else either, either they would but say. still. Yeah. Yep. Other Embracing times. the forlorn romantic poetry of Oscar Wilde. Yep. And Copy if you do not listen to the Smiths. And making it no secret on his disgust on most of his peers. Yep, Morrissey. Go check him out. Should just he should have just quit while he was ahead. I, I would say he took somewhat of a downward turn. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think um, you are underplaying that, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, yes, but uh, you could go listen to the early stuff and ignore the late things. Uh, you'll be fine. Mm. You'll be yeah, fine. Like, like who needs anything other than the Queen is dead? Made in 1986. Well, they were bound to get that one right at some point, weren't they? It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, <right. laughs> the last song on the album. Some girls are bigger than others. It just, it just is ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> just... <laughs> right. Um, well, Christ. thanks mm. for joining us. I guess we'll, we'll wrap up the show there before we head yeah. down any other rabbit holes and end up in a similar place to Morrissey. So, 
Not open a server up. <laughs> Don't forget to share this with your friends, families, co-workers, whoever will listen. We will take it. If you want more fun information science, you can follow us on t- the website formerly known as Twitter uh, and TikTok at InfoEntropyPod. Instagram is InformationEntropyPod, where we've got some nice artwork going up on the weekly. Uh, and obviously, obviously, whichever directory you're listening to this on, Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, if you can give us a like, a rating, a comment, whatever it is, it helps us out more than you know um turns out spotify goes wild for that shit so even if you just copy the link and don't send paste that link anywhere they don't know they think you've done it so yeah help us out (laughs) um cool anything else then you want to jam in at the last minute uh i was gonna do some more of the lyrics but i don't want to play you know what uh i know it's over and that's that's all right that's cool so (laughs) thanks for joining us we hope you've enjoyed this discussion on identity if you have any thoughts or would like to let us know anything then uh, comment on one of our posts and we'd love to have a discussion with you so that's it from us and we'll see you guys next time ciao for now